Hi, Kurt Chamberlain here, host of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm really excited to tell you about Anchor.fm. It's a fantastic new podcasting platform that allows you to set up, distribute, and yes, even make money with that entertaining and informative new podcast that you're thinking about putting out there for the entire world to hear. Anchor offers you all the tools you need to get started broadcasting from your own PC or even your own phone. They even provide ways to monetize your podcast if you choose to, as well as analytics to show you how productive your podcast is and tips on improvement if needed. (laughs) Sounds great, doesn't it? But wait till you hear the best part. Anchor offers all of these tools absolutely free. That's right absolutely free and there is no minimum listenership requirement so what are you waiting for get started now with anchor.fm just log on to anchor.fm and get that message out there good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And uh, once again, uh, since it's Tuesday, uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson has agreed to join us again this Tuesday. We're, we're blessed and excited to have him aboard. And uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, what, what we consider to be some critically important issues. Uh, uh, issues of the day, and uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about government. And uh, JB, I'm, I'm glad you're with us today. I I listened to your uh, to your sermon, uh, Red, White, and Bad, the other day, and, and I'll tell you what, I, it it really kind of hit home. And uh, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of questions out there as to uh, whether or not we need to begin fearing what our government's doing instead of, I mean, this is a country that I love. I served it uh, in the military for many years. And, uh, and uh, so I have a, a special affinity for, for the country and, and uh, as I'm sure a lot of folks do. And uh, I never would have thought that uh, we would need to begin fearing what our government is planning to do or going to do, or is in uh, active, uh, process of doing, but uh, it, it appears that we, we may need to begin doing that. Is that correct? We may need to start fearing what they're doing? Well, absolutely, Kurt. And uh, by the way, thank you for your service and uh, thank you for uh, having me back on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, this is a pretty heavy topic that we're going to be addressing today. Um, You know, many, we we have a problem in the Christian community in the United States of America. And I run up against it again and again and again. And it really uh, frustrates me, uh, but it just makes me want to proclaim the truth all the more. And that problem is, is what I call American exceptionalism, where we tend to see uh, the scriptures through the lens of our country instead of seeing our country through the lens of scripture. Right. And because of that, because of that sort of narrow Western American viewpoint, 
uh, a lot of believers who are, you know, conservative, they love the Word of God, they love our Lord. Uh, nevertheless, they have taken a false view, uh, most often unwittingly, of uh, Romans 13, and they have this uh, impression that we are to obey the government at all costs. And, you know, whether they realize it or not, when they take that view, they are appealing to the divine right of kings argument that was used during the Dark Ages and led to some of the most horrific human atrocities in history. And, uh, you know, when, when well-intentioned believers appeal to the Romans 13 passage as some type of universal obey the government at all costs mandate, what they're doing, again, unwittingly many times, is aligning themselves with the likes of George Hegel, the grandfather of communism, who argued that government is a divinely sanctioned institution that can do anything it pleases and speaks for God, and therefore people must submit and obey uh, all governments, uh, no matter what they're telling you to do. And that is uh, simply uh, not true. And that argument's been used by every tyrant uh, since Jesus' day. Uh, including, right. by the way, Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, what people don't understand is that the Luciferians that we talked about a couple uh, episodes ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, that are really pulling the strings and trying to usher in the one world system and set the stage for the, the reign of the Antichrist, they have actually often throughout history used the church as, uh, you know, again, unwitting pawns in the game. Uh, to advance their agenda. Uh, in fact, a lot of people are not aware, but shortly after 9-11, the government instituted a, a little-known uh, program called uh, the Clergy Response Team, Clergy Response Team, in which they solicited uh, selected pastors, uh, typically from larger churches, but not always. There are thousands of people, of pastors, that have participated over the last 20 years in uh, the clergy response team. I've known some, I've seen their card that they get. And what these pastors receive is remuneration in response, in exchange for uh, promoting from their pulpits this false view of Romans 13, uh, in which they try to get their people to say, or to, to, you know, to believe that their government can do no wrong, governments are always right, your government would never hurt you, just sit back, be quiet and do what you're told. And uh, so this is a real problem, and, you know, we get into this in my DVD, Red, White, and Bad, when the country we love becomes the country we fear. And as you mentioned, um, you know, that is uh, available on our website either as a DVD or as a digital download. Uh, so you can just go to notbyworks.org, and you'll see it there. Uh, click on the store, and it'll take you to our store. Where we have a, a number of... Uh, DVDs that address uh, these types of issues. We have one entitled Christians and Civil Disobedience uh, that I uh, produced in Illinois uh, several years ago during a conference there. Uh, we have uh, one called The Great Last Day's Deception, uh, which is also a book uh, in which I address uh, this issue of America and how we have a long history of uh, not always being benevolent in, in, in our government uh, decrees and decisions. So, uh, but what I'd like to do, you know, today is is basically take us to Romans 13 and dispel these false notions that, you know, that passage demands, uh, you know, absolute obedience in all circumstances to uh, to the government. 
All right, that sounds that sounds great, JB. Uh, take it away. Let us let us go to Romans thirteen and uh, and let us know uh, uh, if you would please. Um, and I'm sure you'll get to it. If civil disobedience is ever allowed, and in in what cases, and what are the limitations? Absolutely, you know, and, and it absolutely is, you know, allowed. That's uh, you know, that's for sure. We've seen that throughout history, and we see examples of it. Uh, in uh, scripture, but you know, we wouldn't be here today if if our forefathers hadn't taken a stand against a tyrannical uh, government. And you know, Jesus himself taught his disciples that sometimes self-defense from evil is necessary, Luke twenty two thirty six. And so, mm-hmm. um, but in Romans 13, of course, written by uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, Romans, just to put it in context, uh, you know, written 56, 57, uh, A.D. after Paul's third missionary, or on Paul's third missionary journey, I should say, during it. And uh, obviously Romans is, is chock full of critical, important uh, doctrinal truths, especially related to our great salvation in Christ. Um, the first three chapters uh, deal with uh, our sin and our desperate situation, being separated from a holy God by sin. Chapters 4 and 5 uh, provide the remedy where God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Chapter 6 through 8 talk about you know what we should do now that we are a believer and how we should live in the new man and not after the flesh, and, um, and just the whole sanctification and, and spiritual maturity process. Chapters 9 through 11 are all about Israel, and Paul addresses the relationship between Israel and God's plan of the ages, and you know whether or not he has forsaken Israel entirely, which of course he hasn't, and talks about how Ultimately, uh, when Israel, when individual Jews believe the gospel and are declared righteous, they will then, as a nation, uh, cry out to God, call on the name of the Lord, and be delivered into the kingdom. We, we see that in Romans 11. But then the very last section of Romans, chapters 12 to 16, is where we find this critical uh, focal passage that, again, has been ripped out of context. So uh, reading from the New King James uh, here, just for those who may want to follow along, Uh, Chapter 13, verse 1 begins, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, if you just uh, take that, you know, at quote-unquote face value without any context, without comparing Scripture with Scripture, without an understanding uh, of God's uh, overall plan in the world and the presence of evil in the world, if you look at that verse uh, simply through the lens of America, which most people think, by and large, has has been uh, you know well governed, and and for the most part it has. Obviously, we're the greatest nation on earth. We have a gospel-rich nation that has done much to advance the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, but the fact is, uh, and let me read it again: Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So if we take that without consideration of other passages of Scripture and without a a realistic look at history, then that would mean God ordained Hitler, God killed millions of Jews and other Christians, God ordained Pol Pot and Mao and uh, Stalin and, uh, you know, all of these other horrific, tyrannical leaders, Alexander the Great and uh, the, the tyrannical governments that are talked about in Daniel are all... You know, God's that's God's in favor of that. God's the author of evil. You get into all sorts of problems. Does this mean that Chinese citizens should abort their babies because the government says so? That North Korean citizens today should 
stopped worshiping and praying and carrying Bibles because their government says so. So it's a very naive view. And I want to point out that, you know, Paul does not say, let every soul obey the governing authority. Right. He says, be subject. Mm-hmm. You know, subjection or submission is different than obedience. The subjection and submission of all placing oneself under the authority of another so that he or she recognizes that if he doesn't do what they say, he's accountable and he may suffer uh, the consequences. So submission can include obedience, but it's more of an attitude it's from a, which obedience comes forth. It, it's a free will. Right. De- it's a free will decision, correct? Absolutely. Submission is a free will decision, and it involves an attitude of compliance. Uh, and and uh, and basically, the Christian uh, at times may have to disobey the government when the government is doing evil and being led by a satanic Luciferian agenda. And in those cases, we may have to solve the consequences. You know, millions of Christians over the last two thousand years have paid the ultimate price of martyrdom and been imprisoned and persecuted, including Paul himself, right. because they chose not to obey the government. So, yes, there's a sense in which yeah, we live in an age where human government, civil government, is part of God's divine plan, and you cannot just uh, flippantly uh, thumb your nose at God's system and live on an island. Uh, you have to live within your cultural setting. But being subject and submissive does not mean that you obey the government uh, more than God. Uh, and so when the government uh, is not uh, doing things that are in our best interest, uh, we have certainly the right and I believe the obligation to, to, to not obey it. Um, and so this also gets into a larger principle of the law. You know, Jesus said, um, uh, uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And, you know, we need to understand that if we take this legalistic view that every time we break a law, somehow we're sinning, that's very naive. You know, sin is an attitude of the heart. And, you know, if you're, if your uh, son or daughter or wife or friend is dying of a heart attack and you're rushing them to the hospital and you exceed the speed limit, you're not sinning against the Holy God. You're, you're making an educated, critical thinking decision to do what's best in that situation to, to get them to the hospital. And, uh, you know, same thing with on a much greater scale with some of these you know, issues today. Um, you know, God has established three institutions to help us function in life. Uh, the family, mm-hmm. the civil government, and the church. Yes. But above all, our first priority is to God. <laughs> Amen. You know, God created Adam. Adam was accountable to God, and uh, that's our number one priority. So the fact that these uh, civil, that these institutions of family, civil government, and the church uh, exist doesn't mean they have carte blanche. So just as a wife is the same term is used, by the way, of, of submission is to submit to the husband as the leader in the family. If that husband is abusive or physically abusive, or spiritually abusive, or uh, committing crimes, or living in sin, of course that wife should not submit to that. Uh, And and similarly, when the government uh, goes astray and is roughshod over our rights, our unalienable rights, by the way, uh, that the creators gave us, uh, then we have an obligation to obey uh, God first. Uh, So, you know, if you read on in this passage, chapter uh, 2, 
or verse 2 tells us, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God. That's true. If you resist the government, you are fucking a system that God has put in, put in place. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong to do that. Um, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. In other words, you'll face the consequences. Uh, now verse 3 says, for rulers are not a terror to do good works, but to evil. You want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. The problem, of course, is that rulers are sometimes, in fact, I would say often today, a cause of fear for those who do right, not just for those who do wrong. In fact, in our country, uh, you know, they, they basically aid and abet those who are doing wrong and punish Christian conservatives who are standing for what's right, mm-hmm. you know? So what do you do in that situation? Uh, well, when a government authority abuses its powers, then you must obey God first. That's the fundamental uh, principle. Mm-hmm. Paul was talking about the norm. You know, the normal situation would be that a, a good government does good things and punishes evil and rewards good. But obviously, rebellion, uh, you know, a government that rebels against God cannot be accepted. And history has shown that many times Christians have, through revolution, uh, have had to do the right, the, the right thing in a tough situation and rebel against their government. I mean... It just, you know, it really is discouraging to me to see so many Christians think that we've got to obey our government because it tells me two things. Number one, they don't understand uh, an overall worldview of Christianity around the globe. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that we have brothers and sisters in Christ who right now are facing unspeakable torture and martyrdom uh, because their governments are tyrannical. Right. But secondly, and this is even to me even more important, it tells me that these believers don't understand our own government, and somehow they think that you know Washington D.C. is immune to the depravity of man, and you know we understand intellectually uh, the likes of Stalin and Hitler and Pol Pot, but somehow we think that well that would never happen here, that our people would never do that, and what they don't understand is that you know Washington D.C. is a cesspool of satanic ritual abuse and satan worshiping and pretty evil people not all of course there are uh, every like every two years we get some freshman patriotic congressmen many of them believers who come to dc hoping to make a difference and be, uh, you know enact biblical biblically uh, principled decisions but it doesn't take long for them to be co-opted bribed bought paid for or you know one termed out because it is a corrupt broken system. And if all we needed to do to uh, make our country a better place was elect Christian Republicans to office, then we've had plenty of opportunity in my lifetime alone, uh, where we've had a Republican control of Congress and Senate and the White House. And even today, we have allegedly a six to three control of the Supreme Court. So why haven't we overturned Roe v. Wade? Why haven't we stopped gay marriage? Why haven't we overturned Obamacare? Uh, Because it's a controlled system. There is a deep state, uh, a Luciferian conspiracy that comes straight out of Scripture. Uh, Psalm 2 comes to mind. And uh, so Mm -hmm. we need to understand that in some cases, our government will enact uh, decisions. And in Red, White, and Bad, in that DVD, I get into... Uh, how the Constitution, particularly the Bill of Rights, is being shredded 
and uh, how you know, w- you know, what do we do when our when our founding fathers said we have unalienable rights given by our Creator, and yet our government today in 2021 is telling me I can't speak out against uh, LGBTQ, or if I do, I'll be banned from YouTube. Uh, and before long, we'll be imprisoned. In Canada, they're already imprisoning pastors for speaking the truth. Uh, or our government says, you know, I've got to pay, use my tax money to kill babies. You know, what do, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like uh, people need to really get to know their Bible a little better rather than just spouting off these bumper sticker proof texts from Romans 13 and say, you know, well, I've got to obey God. You know, at the end of this passage... We'll go back to verse 5 first. He says, therefore, and of course, therefore is sort of summarizing what he said in the previous four verses, you must be subject, again, not obey, but be in submission. Then he gives two reasons. He says, you know, there are two considerations when deciding whether or not to uh, obey uh, obey or submit. Uh, He says, first of all, uh, because of wrath, in the context where he's talking about the wrath of the government, you know, in other words, Sometimes the government puts in place rules uh, that are, have serious consequences to help keep order. You know, if you murder, you're probably going to be going away for a long time or may possibly even face the death penalty, which is completely biblical. So, so consider the wrath of the government as you decide whether to be subject. But notice he says, but also for conscience sake, which is to say, do not submit to the government when your conscience, that is God's conviction, tells you otherwise. Uh, and people miss that. And then he sums it up in verse 7, render therefore to all their due. And this is where people, again, don't read the verse in context. Taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs. Notice this, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. In other words, sometimes honoring God and fearing God means not submitting to the government. There are lots, there's a lot going on in this passage that when taken in context and you understand you know, the, the broader a principle of you know obeying God, not man, like Peter and John, for example, and in, in, uh, let's see, uh, Acts 4 and 5, uh, you know, where they said we must obey God, not man, uh, or Paul in Galatians 1 when he says, am I trying to please men or God? You know, my first task is to please God. And uh, so when understood in that light, Romans 13 makes a whole lot more sense than saying that some Christian in a tyrannical government, which most governments are overtly tyrannical, America has been more secretly tyrannical, but it's becoming more overtly. When they start going door to door and sticking needles in your arms, um, you know, that's, uh, that's tyrannical. Or in Texas, and presumably in many other states now, for several years, and I talk about this in, in one of those videos I mentioned, I think Red, White, and Bad, or uh, possibly uh, Great Last Day's Deception, in Texas, imagine this, you're, you're, you know, I don't know, let's say 70 years old, you're driving down the highway on a weekend, and it's particularly windy outside, and so for, for a moment, you're not really uh, holding a tight on the wheel, and your car drifts just for a moment into across the center straight stripe, but you immediately get it and you and after just a split second you're back into your lane and you only crossed over the lane let's say by a, maybe a foot at the most no danger no harm just you know your car caught a wind gust and you and you pulled you know you uh you went in the other lane briefly 
Uh, well, if there's a trooper sitting on the side of the road that saw that in Texas uh, during certain weekends when they announce it on these big highway signs, literally he has the right to pull you over, pull your arm out of the window, mm-hmm. stick a needle in it, and take blood, and you cannot refuse. That is correct. You cannot I, refuse. I, as, as, yep. a, as a former resident of Texas, I can vouch for that. Yep, it's called no refusal blood warrants. That's right. And the way it works and the way they get around the constitutional issues is that on those weekends, and they, they send it out via Facebook and put it on the local news and they put it on highway signs, so you're forewarned, they say. Uh, but when they pull you over for allegedly potentially driving drunk, uh, the, the officer has a, a judge who's on duty at that moment on speed dial. He calls him up and says, hey, Judge, I got a hot one here. I need a warrant to take blood. The judge says, go after, go for it. No problem. And just like that, if you refuse, they're going to they're gonna take you to jail. And literally right, right, right on the side of the road, they're drawing blood. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, these are the types of tyrannical things that Christians have allowed to creep in. And now we're, we're going to be told you've got to take an experimental injection that so far 7,000 people in the United States of America – we know for a fact on documented record have died because of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands more have suffered serious injury. And by the way, that they say that that represents only 10% of the actual deaths and injuries that oh. have been reported. Most of them aren't reported. Right. And um, yet, and yet they're still touting this thing is safe. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's an experimental injection. It was re- received emergency FDA approval which is by definition means it was never tested. Right. <laughs> if it had been tested, it, right. would, it would go through years of testing. Sure. Uh, and already, just in the first six or eight months, we're seeing devastating effects uh, yeah. uh, you know, on the fertility system of both men and women, on the hearts of young teenage boys. Uh, myocarditis is exploding uh, right now, no pun intended. And so we're seeing serious problems, to say nothing, of what we, what we might find six, eight, 10, 12 years from now when they've had time to, to see how the guinea pigs in this test, which is you and me, uh, shake out over time. So, but what I'm leading up to here is that right now, at least ostensibly, it is voluntary, but, but it is fast becoming mandatory. Uh, they've just made it mandatory in the military and yes. uh, this fall, and many servicemen and women, and I know, Kurt, you, you would certainly uh, uh, resonate with this, uh, are deciding to retire or take early retirement or even take uh, uh, a dishonorable discharge because they're refusing to take it. That's right. And this is by design. You know, they want, in order, the Luciferians, in order to usher in the New World Order and the One World System, Satanic System, they have to destroy America. They've been writing about it for years. They've been talking about it. It's their satanic credo called Order Out of Chaos. The one country that's been standing in the way of their total global prison state dominance is the United States of America because of its historic freedoms and its Christian principles. So they've got to destroy us to do that. And one way to do that is to decimate our military. And Mm -hmm. one way to do that is to give... Uh, all of our military a very dangerous experimental injection and at the same time have many of our God-fearing patriotic uh, constitutional uh, military service members quit. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, these are these are troubling times for sure. They, they certainly are. And I'm glad you brought up a couple of those examples, JB. Uh, 
I remember, you know, when I served uh, in Desert Storm back in 90 and 91, uh, we were called, uh, we had a meeting one day, our commander called a meeting out in the middle of the desert and, and said, hey, we've got great news. Uh, we have been able to obtain an experimental anthrax vaccine. You know, at the time, that was the big fear that Saddam had some anthrax-tipped scuds and things of that nature. And they said, "We're uh, you, you can voluntarily take this. Now, we don't know what the side effects will be, but uh, we, we think that it'll lessen the severity of, of the effects of dying from anthrax, uh, you know, exposure. And uh, boy, I, I'll tell you what. I was the first in line to say, no, thanks. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it just it just didn't make any sense to me to, to do that. And and uh, so you, we see that going on now, basically. It's being offered, and um, you're going to have a lot of takers, and you're going to have some that are going to say no way. So, uh, yeah, I, I know we're coming up on a break here, but when we, we come back, I want to talk about how they've used the military many times for – Oh, many oh, many, many times. And yeah, I'd like to discuss that too. And uh, also, uh, maybe in our next half hour, we can discuss some of the limitations of civil, civil disobedience, if there are any, and in, in what cases can we utilize it. Yeah. So, sure. so let's take a, a brief break, uh, JB, and then uh, if, you'll, if you'll hang with us for a few minutes, uh, we'll get this first half hour published. And we'll begin our, our second half hour. Yeah. And uh, JB, uh, he didn't take the anthrax vaccine. <laughs> and, and, no. he, and he didn't get sick, but uh, he, he also didn't get better looking. Yeah, that, so. yeah. For, <laughs> yeah, Nothing will help me there, JB, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and by the way, we've got a, about a minute. 15 seconds left in this first half hour. Uh, this is Dick speaking, but uh, we, uh, uh, when I'm, I am awaiting uh, government people to come to my door and you might want to address how I, how I'm going to deal with it. Uh, I think I'll just say, this is my body. So it's my choice and it's my house. So you're my house. So you're, uh, you're, uh, a tra- you know, trespassing. And I'm flying the flag uh, under which uh, I believe in the Constitution. I think I'm going to address it that way, but you, uh, you give me a, uh, you'll give me some uh, wisdom on that. So we're. I would love to talk about that. Okay, we're we're about to the end of this half hour, and so thanks for being with us. And and uh, we've got to uh, reboot our computer, and we'll be back in just a few seconds. Welcome back after a short break from the the Christian Underground News Network. We have returned with our very special guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Uh, We, uh, for the first half hour, had been discussing uh, really an overview of Romans chapter 13, uh, how how God has ordained human government uh, to be something for our good, uh, and not evil, and uh, we've discussed some instances, some examples of uh, sometimes governments go bad, and uh, when we should start 
thinking about being civilly disobedient. And uh, JB, I, I know that you, uh, you're kind of eager to capitalize and, and elaborate a little bit more on that subject matter. Uh, in our first half hour, you mentioned something about the Hegelian dialectic and uh, at some point in time, uh, I'm sure you'd probably like to go into that a little bit in, in further detail also. Yeah, you bet. Let me, let me start by picking up on uh, something you and I talked about at the very end of the previous segment, uh, and that is uh, the military, and you were talking about the experimental anthrax vaccine and all of that. Uh, our country has a long history of using our military servicemen and women, who really are the greatest patriots in this country, uh, as guinea pigs in an experiment. Of course, now they're doing it with all citizens with this mm -hmm. latest uh, COVID in, uh, experimental injection. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can look at several examples. Uh, you know, for example, in, 19, in the 1940s, Edward Cohen, a biochemist working at Harvard University, conducted an experiment that was sponsored by the U.S. Navy uh, in which they were trying to uh, come up with secret, you know, possible biological warfare weapons, and uh, basically he injected beef blood transfusions into 64 subjects, uh, and it had catastrophic uh, effects, including death in, in many cases. Um, uh, during the mid-1940s, while the U.S. was busy with the Manhattan Project trying to create the atomic bomb, uh, the U.S. spent years doing plutonium uh, testing. And patients would receive doses of radioactive plutonium in injections. Mm -hmm. And they were never told this was being done to them. Uh, or in World War II, the mustard gas experiments on its own soldiers. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, they would, they would test them with no gas masks, no protective clothing. Nearly 60,000 uh, human subjects were used in these studies. Um, wow. And then... You know, in, uh, in Red, White, and Bad, in that DVD, which, again, you can get at notbyworks.org, it's available also as a download. If you'd rather not, you know, get the DVD, you could just get the download. I think it's five bucks, and we send you the link, and you can download the whole video. But in, on July 19th, 1957, uh, you know, they tested a, a, at the Nevada a test site an atomic bomb, and there were five servicemen right there at ground zero. Of course, they had detonated it in the air above them. But they're looking at and they were, they're holding a sign saying ground zero. And I mean, these guys were just bombarded with radiation and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, this is this we could go on and on. But, uh, you know, anybody that thinks our government would never hurt you is just, you know, flat out uh, naive. And, you know, Dick asked... Uh, you know, what if they come knocking because they are, I just got a video sent to me yesterday. Someone made it with their cell phone. Uh, and, uh, of the first, uh, example of these, uh, government Stasi agents going door to door, trying to encourage people to get, uh, to get the, the, the injection, the experimental injection. And, uh, so it is going to happen. And I believe when that happens, uh, you should follow the lead uh, of what uh, John told us in second John about someone coming with a false doctrine. And he says, when they come, don't even tell them hello. Don't even greet them. Right, <laughs> and, uh, right. In second John 10. Well, if that's true of false doctrine, you know, it should be equally true of someone who's coming wanting to stick a needle in your arm uh, that's going to, you know, inject you with this exper experimental technology never before been used. They've tried for 20 years to come up with a SARS vaccine for SARS-CoV-1, 
all, all COVID-19 is, is the SARS-CoV-2 virus, a severe acute respiratory syndrome virus. And they've never been able to come up with a vaccine because every animal's uh, clinical trial they do, the animals die. Right. So, right. so yet, yet here, because of this, you know, alleged pandemic in which 99.7% of people survive and most get nothing worse than the sniffles, right. uh, they, uh, you know, they, they are demanding that you take this experimental injection that's never been tested using technology never before used on humans. And so it's no surprise that thousands of people are dying and getting sick. Now, I know some of your listeners may be saying, well, my, my grandfather died or my husband died of COVID or my aunt died of COVID. Look, people died, no question about it. And people die of the flu every year. It's tragic. And anytime anyone dies, it's tragic, especially if they die without the Lord Jesus. Yeah. But the deaths simply do not uh, measure up in terms of numbers to a pandemic. And the source and cause of this death is highly questionable. I mean, the flu diagnoses all but disappeared from the official record. And if you look at the comparison from 2019 to the flu deaths, to the flu deaths in 2020, it's down to basically zero. And all of a sudden now they're relabeling everything COVID. And the total deaths between 2019 and 2020 is a is not appreciably different. If there was a pandemic and and uh, you know millions of people were dying, you'd see an uptick of millions of deaths. It would jump off the chart like an anomaly. That's mm-hmm. what happens in pandemic. So I'm not downplaying, nor am I being insensitive to the fact that people died. But what what happened this time is when they were dying, they put them on camera. They showed video cameras at nursing homes. They put a little ticker down in the bottom right corner of every newscast, counting up the deaths. If they had done that in any other year with the flu, we would have had similar results. But they needed fear to convince people to take this uh, injection. I believe that this has been planned uh, for decades. Uh, You go back to 2010, for example, in the Rockefeller Foundation report, they Mm -hmm. outlined exactly what they were going to do. Oh, yeah. Um, They, the... uh, the Luciferian elite have been saying in their writings, again, going back uh, hundreds of years now, you see a theme of wanting to reduce the world's population. To, that's what Darwin was. He was a eugenicist, wanting to get rid of the useless breeders and the people of color and the people with deformities that he said were not worth breeding. Mm-hmm. So they had to get rid of the, quote, feeble-minded in the eugenics program. And, you know, you go to the Georgia Guidestones. I've been there. I've been there Personally, in person, myself, taking pictures out in that cornfield outside of uh, Atlanta. And uh, they clearly tell you what their agenda is. It's the Ten Commandments of the Luciferian New World Order agenda. They want to reduce the world's population to 500 million. To 500 million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't just you know, nuke them all. Uh, so you got to be more subtle. And so uh, Satan is the great deceiver. He's a liar from the beginning. And everything he says is almost always, well, it's always a lie, and usually it's 180 degrees opposite. I believe so that. Telling I, you, here's, I believe that yeah. passage in John also calls him a liar and a murderer. And a murderer, exactly. He comes to kill, steal, and story. He was a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said. Right. And so uh, when they tell you, here, take this experimental injection because it'll help you, it's actually killing you. Right. And again, it may not. You know, as, as Dr. Sherry Tenpenny put it, you know, just because you're not one of the thousands of people who have died within 24 hours of receiving the injection, uh, you know, people, some people say, well, I got the vaccine and it didn't kill me. And she says, well, good for you. You're not in that category of people that die within 24 hours. But there's others that die within six to eight weeks. 
There's others that have life-disabling illnesses because of it. And then who's to say what's going to happen 6, 8, 10, 12 years from now when these young people that got it try to have children and they're not able to have children. So it's a diabolical uh, part of the satanic scheme. and, And yet we see many Americans rushing to take it like, like they're elbowing their way to the front of the line to get on the train to Auschwitz. And it's just sickening uh, how de- right. deceived uh, people are. And if you've already taken it, I would say uh, pre- repent and, and, and pray that the Lord will protect you. Uh, if you haven't, don't take it. I mean, I would sooner die than take that experimental uh, injection. And so, um, so, yeah, so I wanted to, you know, kind of talk about what to do when they come knocking, as, uh, as Dick uh, talked about. But you also mentioned, or I mentioned, uh, you know, Hegel uh, yes. earlier, and, uh, and and then you kind of extrapolated from that what has come to be called the Hegelian dialectic. So George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel uh, was a, you know, 18th, 19th century, late 18th, mid to mid 19th century German philosopher, mm-hmm. who, uh, like uh, his counterpart Immanuel Kant, is considered one of the, you know, key philosophers of modern Western philosophy. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, he was an atheistic philosopher. But he came up with this uh, paradigm, which has come to be called the Hegelian dialectic. It's also referred to sometimes as thesis, antithesis, synthesis, mm-hmm. or a more colloquial phrase is problem, reaction, solution. Mm-hmm. In other words, when, when you want to get people to do something, you create a problem, the solution for which is what you wanted them to do all along. Right. So, for example, if you want Americans to give up their rights, you create an imaginary boogeyman and claim that we have to have this Patriot Act, which is really the Tyranny Act, but they, again, 180 degrees opposite. Whatever they tell you it is, it's actually just the opposite, right. which gives the government complete freedom to you know, spy on every single American, record every single thing you say digitally. Uh, it, it, it allows them to hold American citizens uh, without due process uh, indefinitely um, in detention centers. It allows the president to arbitrarily declare anyone an enemy, enemy combatant and send out uh, people to kill them. A lot of people don't realize that's already happened. Um, you know, we have uh, had an American citizen, actually two, one that I know of under the Obama administration and another under the uh, uh, Trump administration, who was an American citizen, who with the simple stroke of a pen was declared an enemy combatant, and then no judge, no trial, no jury, they sent in a special ops team with a sniper to shoot him in the head and kill him. And so that you may think, oh, let's get those bad guys, let's get those Muslim terrorists, I don't care if they're a citizen or not. Well, you wait till the crosshairs are are, are zeroed in on your head, Mm -hmm. uh, because... Our, our government says, uh, well, you know, we don't like these Christian people that are out there stirring up trouble, so I'm going to declare them an enemy combat. So, you know, we have a constitution for a reason, and it guarantees due process, and yet you know, the Patriot Act did away with all that. So that's one example of the Hegelian, you know, dialectic. You know, uh, let's say they want to, um, you know, have a global tracking system right. where they can control everybody digitally in the Internet of Things. Well, then they have to manufacture a pandemic, uh, which will have people begging for contact tracing and begging <laughs> to take these experimental injections mm-hmm. and forfeit their individual rights and end up with full spectrum 
uh, control. So the Hegelian dialectic is just a way for government and and the evil members of government that are pulling the strings to get to accomplish a nefarious agenda without anyone ever having been forced to do it. It's it's the same thing Hitler did in World War II. He was the master of the Hegelian dialectic. You know, he had people literally eagerly with great enthusiasm jumping on the trains. Um, there's a, uh, a really uh, powerful, poignant video out there. You can find it, I'm sure, on the internet. I've showed it before at my conferences. It shows a Jewish man with a suitcase running behind a train that had, had just left. He evidently was late to the platform, and he's running behind it, and uh, as if to say, of course, it's a still picture. You can't see what he's saying, but, but the idea is, hey, wait for me. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, you know, now they could have, you know, rounded up the military. And in some cases they did, they could have made people get on the trains at gunpoint, but it's much easier for them to get people to willingly go to their own demise than it is to do so at gunpoint. Right. Right. So that's the, that's the Hegelian dialectic in a nutshell. Problem, reaction, solution. Create a problem that will have an anticipated reaction so that you can provide the solution, which is what you really wanted to do all along. Correct. Correct. Ah, thank you for, for, Explaining that in, in some detail, JB, uh, I think it's important that people understand that that is what the foundation is for everything that, that we see going on right now, governmentally. It's part of an Hegelian plan to subjugate the masses yeah. and to, to uh, it's part of a depopulist agenda. Uh, they really do want to reduce the uh, population of the earth to 500 million or so. Yeah, no question. That's that's their agenda. And a lot of people say, well, why? Well, you have to remember that these are Luciferian co-conspirators who believe that they are part of a bloodline that is superior mm-hmm. to the normal, the rest of us. That we're just, you know, these dregs of society getting in the way, breathing their air, walking on their soil. Useless, you know, useless eaters, yeah, yeah. Yeah, useless eaters, exactly. So they want to get rid of us. And, and uh, so that's what they're trying to do is a big new Brzezinski who died just a few years ago in 2017, but he was one of the top tier Luciferians. And in uh, my uh, DVD, Red, White and Bad, but more importantly, in the full 18 part series, Spirit of the Antichrist, I actually outline uh, the Luciferian uh, conspirators in a, in a pyramid form and kind of show you the different levels. But he was a top tier guy. Um, He served in multiple administrations, both Republican and Democrat. And one of the things that uh, he said uh, not long before he died is he talked about a regionalization plan which called for the, quote, gradual conversions of East and West, ultimately leading toward the goal of one world government. Mm -hmm. National sovereignty is no longer a viable concept. And he said he referred to it as the technotronic era because he was way ahead of his time. He understood where they were headed with technology and surveillance. And he said, this technocratic era involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled society. Such a society would be dominated by an elite unrestrained by traditional values. Mm -hmm. And he's referring there to to liberty, you know, to unalienable rights. So, uh, you know, Voltaire, uh, who was also an atheist, uh, he put it pretty simply when he said, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you're not allowed to criticize. There you and, go. <laughs> uh, so when I criticize the LGBT or I criticize, you know, abortion or other uh, biblical 
of principles that are being attacked, uh, you know, then I'm censored, my videos are taken down, and not just me, but many like-minded conservative Christian uh, uh, speakers. And uh, so that tells us, that tells us that uh, that's who really is ruling, yeah. is uh, the evil, the evil and nefarious uh, uh, people. So, um, yeah, I mean, we are, uh, we are seeing it unfold at warp speed right before our eyes, and I think believers need to uh, to wake up, Proverbs twenty two three reminds us that you know the, uh, the that those who see trouble coming and prepare for it are wise, and uh, we we uh, we should never be scared because we know who wins in the end, and we trust God. Amen. And even if He asks us to make the ultimate sacrifice, He's still God. Amen. You know? By the way, another example of civil disobedience would be. You know the, the three Hebrew children under Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian ruler. That's right. They, say, well, they that was refused the church age. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. Some people say, "Well, that was before the church age, <laughs> and that was before Paul wrote Romans 13. But yeah. I mean, these are timeless truths that mm-hmm. you know, we are to. You know, if you look at the order of creation, God, man was around for centuries before God instituted human government mm-hmm. after the flood. Right. So, uh, so we we've got to obey God first, and that's what they said: is that look, you know, we're not going to bow down and worship your image, Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. uh, and we believe God will protect us from your, you know, threats to, to kill us. But even if He doesn't, you know, that's okay. He's still God, and we're going to trust Him anyway. Amen. Amen. Right. So, so that kind of segues into the next. And we, we've already mentioned it, I think, before the break. Uh, what what should Christians or e- even non-believers who uh, experience that knock on the door, and uh, which, which is coming soon? Uh, and uh, hi, uh, I think what was it? Who was it? Ronald Reagan that said the nine worst words you could hear would, was, <laughs> "I'm from the I'm from the government. I'm here to help." Yeah, and you're going to hear that. You're gonna, what, what do we do when, when we experience that firsthand? Well, first of all, um, we need to understand that it's been happening in other, uh, with other issues for a long time. For example, um, different uh, law enforcement agencies headed up by the FBI who trains them how to do this have been doing what's called gab-and-grab drills to take guns for, for ever since uh, after Katrina. And the idea here is they... They, they, they find a widow whose, whose husband they know either was former military or former serviceman and has guns. And uh, they after he dies, they go knock on the door and they say, oh, we heard your husband served and that was wonderful. And I bet he had a lot of guns. And the wife says, oh, yeah, he had plenty. And, and then what kind did he have? Oh, he had this and that. Oh, man, we love guns. You mind if we take a look at those? And then they, they invite him in. They sit down and have coffee. Uh, she brings out his guns and they say, man, the boy's down at the station would love to see this you mind if we take these down to the station and show oh sure go right ahead and then you never see those guns again mm-hmm. gab and grab so <laughs> the same idea with this uh, with this uh these door-to-door things that uh, biden has just instituted uh, it's going to start out as trying to get the low-hanging fruit the people who don't have a moral objection against uh, taking an experimental injection and inserting mrna technology and changing your you know your your dna and all of that and they'll get a, quite a few more from that. But the problem is, you know, you've got a huge segment of society that was already awake and morally opposed to it. And then many who took the first injection uh, of the two-parter uh, suffered such serious 
a side effects that they decided not to take the second one. Mm-hmm. So they've actually hurt their cause, and that's the reason that so far only 47 to 52 percent of Americans have taken both uh, jabs. So, uh, so they really want to kind of get everybody to take it. But what I think they're going to do, and this is just my conjecture based on years of studying uh, the Luciferian agenda, is I think it'll be a long time before they actually do it you know, at gunpoint. I think they're going to do it through passive means where they're going to eventually say, you can't serve in the military without it. You can't get on a plane. You can't open a bank account. You can't go to school. You can't go to college. You can't, and they're going to have so many restrictions that most people will eventually cave and take it. And then when they get down to that last group of holdouts, that's when they'll start forcibly uh, injecting people. That's my, my theory. What would, some, what, what would you do? Yeah, what would somebody do if, they, if, they're, if they're in that last remnant of holdouts? What, what? You, you die. You die. That's what I've said. That's, you have to make that decision now. You have to have the conversation with your family, which we've had with all of our children, and we will die. We would sooner die uh, for the cause of Christ than to inject a satanic uh, mRNA technology or even the ones that aren't mRNA are just as bad. They're killing people right. into our body and be a part of this uh, Luciferian agenda. We're not going to do it. So some fates are worse than death, and that's one of them. So, But you have to make that decision now. Right. But as far as them coming knocking at your door, you need to just say thanks but no thanks and politely close the door. Mm-hmm. And for now, that'll suffice. They're not going to burst through your door yet. And uh, you move on. We've had to do that many times. We, I had a confrontation one time years ago when we lived in uh, Texas over the smart meters. Uh, I didn't want them putting a smart meter on my house so they could track right. every time I opened my refrigerator or washed my clothes or all those things. Right. Uh, and so uh, they they try to do it when you're not home. But fortunately, we lived on acreage with a gated property. And so they came to the gate and I said, no, thanks. And they came back an hour later with the manager and said, hey, what's the problem? We're going to put this smart meter on. I said, no, you're not. And, uh, and so you just have to stand firm and, uh, and not let them do it. And, and, you know, I think for now that will suffice, but you need to be ready and you need to have a plan of what to do uh, when it gets serious. Now, again, I don't have the mind of God. I don't know his timetable. I don't know the Luciferian's timetable. Mm-hmm. But if, if we look at the signs of the times and we look at the trajectory, it seems like they're gearing up for something pretty significant pretty soon. Absolutely. Would you would you uh, would you say that armed resistance uh, would would be uh, well within the the civil disobedient parameters? Uh, yes, I do believe that. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, Jesus, as I've kind of already referenced, had said, uh, you know, uh, that you know, if needed, you should sell your backpack and go buy a sword. He told the disciples that. That's right. Uh, so you know, basically, uh, you know, a lot of people. Uh, you know, put it this way, Jesus said, love thy neighbor and pack thy heat, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I would say, yeah. I would say, love thy country and pack thy heat. Right. Uh, and right. so there are times now, now ultimately, if, if the new world order is ushered in before the Lord comes back, see, that's the thing. We don't know whether he's going to rapture us before the new world order is ushered in or not. We know he'll rapture us before the Antichrist is unveiled and takes the helm, right. but we could already be living hypothetically, in a one-world system prior to that, before the rapture. So we just don't know. But if it happens in our lifetime, you know, at some point, you're never going to be able to, you know, defeat the mightiest militaries in the world with your, you know, 357 or AR-15. But until that time, 
you know, you can certainly use and should use, as Jesus said, uh, weapons to defend yourself against marauding mobs and, you know, isolated uh, confrontations and, and just for your own protection. And any homeowner who, who doesn't do that, to me, is derelict in their duty in protecting their family. Agreed. So, so basically, we're looking at God says it's okay. That's God's law, which is the highest. And then the U.S. Constitution. Uh, and the second and uh, 14th amendments, especially, uh, also approve of, of your right to be able to do that, uh, to defend yourself against unreasonable search and seizure uh, and against harm. Uh, so, so we have God's law that says it's okay. We have constitutional law, which is under God's law, that says it's okay. And so uh, if you deem it necessary as, as the protector of the household, then it, it's okay. Yeah, and obviously I don't have to tell you or your listeners that the Second Amendment was not put in place so that you could kill, you know, a mule deer or a elk or whatever. It was put in place precisely to protect us from tyrannical government overreach. That's and, exactly uh, right. The, the passage that I quoted earlier was Luke twenty two thirty six, where Jesus mm-hmm. tells his disciples, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack, and he who has no sword... Let him sell his garment and buy one, because right. there may come a time when you need to defend yourself. And you know, again, for those who think that, well, we don't need it. I'll just call nine one one. I always like to remind people: remember, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I'll tell you what, JB. I, I want to thank you for for joining us today and for a, a fascinating uh, scriptural. Uh, discussion and explanation of Romans 13 and how it pertains to uh, human government uh, and many of the things that we're seeing happen uh, in in our everyday lives, uh, in international and local news. Uh, there's a whole lot of questions out there. Uh, and for anybody that's listening to us right now, I would refer you to, uh, to JB's uh, ministry, which is Not By Works Ministries. Uh, his website is notbyworks.org, and um, my goodness, you'll find uh, a wealth of uh, personal resources there. Uh, so I would recommend everybody that's within uh, listening of, of, of to our voices right now, go check JB's website out. Uh, you'll find some great things there. Um, and uh, JB, we want to thank you personally once again for being with us. And we hope you'll be able to be with us uh, next Tuesday. We'll plan on it unless we hear from you. Otherwise, I'm planning on it. I will be on the road at a conference, but I've got it on my counter and I'll just do it from my, uh, from my hotel room. And so, uh, so really looking forward to it. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's truly an honor for me to get to participate in these dialogues. And I hope, uh, I hope your listeners will uh, check out notbyworks.org. And uh, there's tons of free stuff there that'll help you in your, walk with the Lord, but there's also a lot of a great uh, materials uh, for sale, books, DVDs that I think might be relevant for such a time as this. I'm sure that they would be, and I, I, I know that they are. I've read some of them, and I'm, I'm aware of most of them, and, and yes, absolutely great resources for everyone. Uh, so uh, definitely stop by and visit Not By Works Ministries or notbyworks.org, and uh, you'll love what you're finding there, believe me. Um, with that being said, 
uh, we're going to sign off until this coming Saturday. Uh, and Pastor Dick will be with us again uh, to, to give a, a scriptural lesson on Saturday. Second Peter. Second Peter is going to be. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, some, some fascinating and some really important uh, doctrinal information to be had there. So be sure uh, and don't miss it. And definitely be with us next Tuesday when we uh, are able to speak with our, our dear brother, Dr. J.B. Hickson. J.B., thank you once again, and we look forward to being with you next Tuesday. Likewise. Uh, thanks so much, Mike. God bless you. God bless you too, sir. Thank you. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until this Saturday. Be sure and be with us then. Until then, may God bless and keep you. And we will talk to you soon.